We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome into another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He is Robbie Hummel, and he is in a hotel room in Portland, Oregon. And uh, I'll actually be there tomorrow. We'll both uh, might do a pod in person uh, from PK eighty five, which is do we do we even have the tech? We don't have the technology to do that. We can do it next to each yeah. other, but we'd be we'd be sitting next to each other with our laptops. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. I have no idea how to do that. So it may fall on you, or maybe we can get somebody in Portland to show us how to do it because we're we're pretty uh, for for being as young as you are, and even though I say you're forty, you're actually not forty. Uh, for you, as young as you are, you're pretty technologically inept, aren't you? Maybe I have these skills, and you've just never asked. I don't think you, you don't have. know that. I'd be shocked. I mean, you're not I've good. Said it before I, my my skill sets consisted of playing basketball and now talking about <laughs> basketball. And that's hey, the the best was it. Adam Morrison was uh, not. I think he was a video coordinator. At Gonzaga, and he couldn't. I think he told me like he had no idea how to cut up video. I love when they have these that's, guys. That's that's hard. That's that's a learned skill. Yeah, learning the hotkeys and and learning how to do it, and it just takes time, like anything else would would to, to learn a new skill. But that that's a that's not something you can just pick up, and no. you know, there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, all right, so breaking news right before we recorded the pod. The final four cities were announced in uh, 2027 and 2030, and I was right. You'll be you'll you'll be 64. That'll be great. I, that's right. Well, I've said lo- all along that Vegas was going to be in the next group of of cities that that got awarded the final four. Let's go. They have the 2028 final four, Rob. So, um, are you going to go to like Hakkasan or one of those clubs with me when we're when we're at the final four in 2028 or will you be, oh, will you be embarrassed to go with me i think i'd be embarrassed yeah I don't honestly though i don't love and this is going to make me sound really old when i go to vegas now i don't love going to nightclubs if i'm going to go to a club i really think that the the day party pool parties are way more fun yeah honestly yeah. i'm, I'm going to have to um, work night- on on my bod, I'm gonna have to work on my dad bod before I go. <laughs> totally, totally. The, the night, the nightclubs, the stay out till the sun comes up yeah. thing is yeah. just I, I can't do that uh, anymore. So I'd I'd much rather go to a pool party than do the hockey sun. We'll go to the um, what's it called the the stadium swim club. Have that looks sick. 
That no, I, I've been to the new casino. I've oh. never been to the stadium swim, but it looks amazing. Insane, insane. I went yeah. there last year, sat down. Uh, unfortunately, I was in my jeans because I had to go to a game from there. So I was the only idiot in my like pants or jeans or whatever. Everybody else in swimsuits and bikinis and equipment there and some jeans. And the Will Wade it. news broke. He was fired literally 20 minutes after I sat down. So I couldn't even really enjoy it. Um, but anyway, all right. So 2028 Vegas, 2027 Detroit, 2029 oh, Indy, and 2030 uh, North Texas, which uh, AT&T Stadium there. Yeah. Are you as pissed off as I am about Detroit in 2027? Yeah. Yeah. I just – cold weather Final Fours suck. Suck. I, suck. And, I mean, I, I love Chicago. I live in Chicago. Yeah. I'm not – I mean, I would, I'd like to see a Final Four there because I, I think it's a great city, but it could be 30 degrees, yeah. much like it was in Minneapolis a couple of years ago. Yeah. And with Detroit – I recall I was not there in 09, but I, I remember there. hearing about everyone being stuck in Canada because they they stuck all the coaches in Windsor across the border, and it took like two hours to get into the state. See, I went no, to Windsor to play blackjack. That's not good. I, I went to – Why didn't you, yeah. you just go to the – they have a casino downtown Detroit. I don't know why that we didn't go there, but we didn't. The hair is right there. I know. We went to the one in Windsor. It was actually easy, though. Drove – under like a tunnel or something to get there. It the was tunnel, super tunnel easy. bridge. They have, yeah. they have either. But I heard about I crazy delays. I, I don't want it in any cold weather city either. But if I you're going to have it in a cold weather city, have it in a really, really, really good cold weather city like Chicago rather than Detroit. Right. But I don't want it in any. I don't want it in Boston. I don't want it in Chicago. I don't want it in any cold weather city. To me, Again, there are four cities, and, and Indy could be construed as a, a cold weather city. In, Indy, Indy flips though. It, right. In April, it could be seventy. Yes. It could also be fifty. You know, last time we were in Detroit, it snowed for the final four. I, yeah, yeah, it was, it was freezing in Minneapolis. I don't know what there, they. There, what What are the cities that you would say are locks for final so, fours? One, New Orleans, lock every four years. Lock, lock. yes. Now again, New Orleans can get the best of you, but but it's a great city. Food is amazing. Yeah. Arenas right there, hotels right there, casinos big time. Um, it's great. I There's love no downside. There's no downside yeah. to New Orleans. It has everything you need. San Antonio, yep. number two for me. Also, yep. a great area. Everything is walkable. Food, weather. Except, except for the, the stadium is not walkable, I didn't think. Isn't the stadium a little bit of a is hike from, walkable? like, the Riverwalk? I thought it – I don't. I didn't think it was. I thought you had to drive to the stadium. All right. Well, the other part you want is an area, and this is where Indy comes in, too. Indy has everything close to it, right? Stadium walkable. Weather is the only question mark. But what you want is an area where everybody, fans, coaches, media, everybody – is is in the same vicinity walking uh, distance from one another. You don't have that in Houston. You don't have that in Arizona. You don't have that in Dallas. Like, you, you got to have that. Now, I love Arizona. I love going to Scottsdale. But I do too, but it's the stadium is 45 minutes exactly. to an hour away from there. It's so right. far. So Atlanta, too. Atlanta, Atlanta is a – a weird because it's so broken up you know you have midtown right. you have downtown you, yeah. it's just there's nothing as close right um i would say to me to me again 
New Orleans, now Vegas put it in the rotation. Vegas every four years because everything is walkable. Um, it's warm. Uh, you have everything there. You have everything there. Yeah. I mean, some kids may get in trouble there. Um, I, I would say a curfew would be uh, – although, you know what? I was – You can get in trouble I, in New Orleans. You can get in trouble I was just in Vegas, place. Rob. I was just in Vegas, and I'm not going to say which players or which team, but I was staying at the Park MGM, which was right there, and several teams were staying there. And every time my, myself, uh, my wife, and my daughter walked through the, the casino, um, you would see there was one group of players there playing in particular, blackjack and then craps, jumping around, having fun. And uh, so you can – listen, you can do it anywhere. Obviously, there's going to be other games. There's been other events in Vegas. To have the Final Four there, I, I don't think it's that big a deal. I, I, you you I, could be betting on your phone, Jeff. I right. mean, as long as right. you'd rather them be gambling and yeah. as long as they're not blowing crazy amounts of money. NIL but money. Them, Don't blow their NIL doing, money. That's true. You'd rather them be doing that than out at the clubs drinking and partying. Yes. I mean, that's where – that's the concern. If you're sitting down at a table playing some blackjack, who cares? But Is there one other city, Rob, that you would say – all right, like, again, New Orleans, San Antonio – I think we agree. New Orleans, San Antonio, yep. Indy, Vegas – those, yeah. Um, I mean, Los Angeles doesn't. Well, now with LA, did you play it at SoFi? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would. I would. But think LA so. would be. LA would be like spread out. Some of the other big cities, it's so huge. Yeah. Nothing would be condensed. Indy and New Orleans, it's like everything's there. Vegas, the Strip right. is right there. Right. Um, San Antonio is a smaller, big city. The Riverwalk is a great place for people to go. Houston, I like the warmth. I hate how spread out it is. Dallas, I'm same to, Well, that Ar- Arlington, that's far. That's far from downtown Dallas. But Dallas and Fort Worth are both really cool cities. Yes. Um, right. I'm trying to think if there's Part any of the other ones. Is having everything right close together. That's that's yeah. part of the, yeah. the. To be honest, the atmosphere. Miami doesn't have the stadium <clears throat> inside to host. Yep. Um, I'm, Atlanta is too spread out. I, I think it's those four. Right. Are, and your power rankings yeah. for four. Of those four, give me your, your humble power rankings of those four. Um, to me, New Orleans is the best. I've never been to a Vegas Final Four, but I'm going to put that in a close second. Um, I really like Indianapolis. I think the food is really good. I yeah. think it's a great – they've been hosting big-time sporting events since the Indy 500 started in 19-whatever. Yeah. Like, they have 100 years of experience. They kill the Big Ten tournament. They kill the Big Ten football championship. They knocked the Super Bowl out of the park, and they got lucky with that. The weather was amazing. It was so warm in Indy for that week. Um, the Final Four is great in Indianapolis, and not as a slight to San Antonio because I think they do a great job at hosting, but they, they'd be for them. So I would go uh... – Vegas one, I don't care if it's not been there. I, I, I'm going Vegas one, New Orleans two, San Antonio three, and Indy four. That's fair. That's fair. But, but I, just, I love the food. Fun. The yeah. food in New Orleans is so good. It is, it but is you can so find good. good. Hey, you, I just went to a place. I took my wife and daughter to a place called Piero's in um, in Vegas, where Tar. I mean, the food. In, the food in Vegas yeah. is amazing too. Yeah, I mean, you have everything. Incredible. You, you have everything. It's it, like every hotel has a good steak place every hotel yeah. for the most yeah. part so, I, I have great memories of being in new orleans one of my teammates with the timberwolves we were at the casino the night before the game yeah. 
we were playing blackjack and he, he sometimes he had a hard time counting so the dealer would be like you know they'd play the cards down he'd be like 21 and he'd have like 25 <laughs> <laughs> or like he'd think we, need he had to do, like 17. Hey, we need to do whenever you tell a story right now it needs to be guess that teammate right yeah, when you like yeah, tell yeah. a story we have no, to have that like, guess your nba teammate who it was i can't i can't write this guy out but his counting abilities were not not good all right, all right. Well, it might have been Anthony Bennett in his one year. Uh, no, no, was not AB. In his one year at UNLV. Yeah, yeah, was not him, though. All right, let's get on to it here uh, and and go through a little bit of what we've seen over last week because we've both been a bunch of places. Uh, you've been a place and seen my number one team in the country, and that is the Houston Cougars. You were out there yep. uh, in Eugene before uh, heading over to Portland, and you saw them beat Oregon which is a team still trying to figure itself out. Dane Altman had a bad year last year, down year for them. He was hoping their chemistry would be better this year. And also maybe their depth, which it's not. They're banged up already. But I want to yeah. get – I don't want to talk so much about Oregon. I want to talk about Houston and if this is the best team in the country in your opinion. Yes, right now it is, I think. I will start by saying I'm very spoiled, I think, by being in the Midwest because I see the Big Ten and I see the Big 12 a lot. And when the number three team in the country comes into your building in the Big Ten and the Big 12, it's normally a raucous environment, right? And this was – and in fairness to the fans at Oregon, uh, big-time football game the night before. It probably didn't end until 11.30 or midnight their time. It was – or maybe a little earlier than that, but it was late. It was late. They are playing Utah. Um, been a volleyball game the morning of, but I, I mean, I, I was thinking it'd be a sellout yeah. because the arena is not that big and you've got a team in Houston that could win the national championship coming in there to play you. And it was, it was similar to like a high school atmosphere. It, it was, it was really, really bland in terms of the crowd. Um, with that being said, Kelvin Sampson, and you've been around his shoot arounds and his practices. He is as good as anybody at getting his guys to play with like extreme joy, shoot around, extreme joy. Like, like it's just the energy level of what they do, warming up, playing. It, it's next level stuff. I mean, he is awesome at doing that. And they are so good at just doing what they do at the highest level. You come off a ball screen, you're getting trapped into oblivion. And they're going to trap and they're going to pre rotate and they are going to turn you over. Oregon had 16 turnovers that ended up accounting for 30 of Houston's 66 points. (laughs) I mean, it was just – and in fairness, Will Richardson is like their only guard right now. Keyshawn Bartholomew, the transfer from Colorado, he ended up spraining his ankle, didn't play in the second half, and they're thin already. The kid, uh, Brennan Rigsby from uh, Northwest Florida State, the JUCO kid, who they are really high on and thought they'd maybe start for his shooting – he sprained his ankle. Hurt, right? The kid Kuznar's hurt. Kuznar's not going to be back till till January. That that certainly would have helped them as another ball handler. He's tough. He defends. Um, Ethan Butler's out. Luke War's out. I mean, they they have a lot of guards and a lot of guys in that backcourt who are out. They're depending on Tyrone Williams, who's a junior college transfer that got there in like September, October, I think. Um, so they're they're banged up, but I mean, Houston just the post trapping. And the ball screen trapping is, is so good. And on top of that, you got three guards who can 
they can kill you. I mean, Marcus Sasser, didn't, he got in some foul trouble, didn't play a whole lot in the first half. He still ends up with 16. Um, I thought Jamal Shedd was really aggressive with him out, which I like to see because he's a good player, but he's more of a facilitator. And then they're freshmen. That's what gives Houston, I think, a ceiling that's like this team can continue to grow and grow because – Well, it's been I mean, all about Jarvis Walker, and Arsenal was great. Arsenal played so well. He, yeah. he played so well. He's a good rebounder. He can make shots from three. Yeah. He's got good length. And Jarvis Walker's a stud. He looks like EJ Liddell, but a couple inches taller. Really? That, that's that's really his body six, type. Nine? I'm not saying his game. I, I would say 6'8", six, 6'9", six, yeah. whereas EJ yeah. Liddell was like 6'5". Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I really, really like Jarvis Walker. <laughs> How could you not? You know, he's What he's did you love about player. him? What, what was the one thing that stuck out about him? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think just his his ability to, to play inside and out, he can shoot the ball on the perimeter. He can drive you. He's a good offensive rebounder. Um, from talking to, to both Kellen and Kelvin Sampson, he's extremely coachable, doesn't play with an ego. He just fits in well with what they want to do. I mean, and then you talk about their bigs. We've talked about their guards, but then in the front court, last year, Jawan Roberts is just an offensive rebounder. I mean, he's, he's a guy that's played his role. Now they're playing through him a little bit more. Um, Javier Francis, you bring him off the bench. He's a big-time offensive rebounder. He's got big-time length. And then you have Reggie Chaney, who's a guy who's played a lot in a ton of games. He's played over 100 college games. You know, he's played a, a ton the last two years for Kelvin Sampson. So they they are they're you they're the real mention Tremont Mark. And he yeah, I, he was he he made some big-time plays late. Uh, I think he ended up with eight points, had a couple turnovers. But I, I'll tell you about Tremont Mark. He's going left. <laughs> he every is, time he's every going time. left yeah but he's i mean he's six five he's long i, I love their team it is how I think they have so offensive coaching. weapons that like they didn't score a ton of points against oregon because they're still built on defense but they yep. they can play if you want to totally. play fast they can play fast yep no i i totally agree the the one concern i would say i have coming out of that game about them and Oregon is as big and long as yep. anybody that you will see in the country is their defensive rebounding. But they haven't been great all year on that. And sometimes that's the case with teams that are good on the offensive glass. For whatever reason, they might kill you on the offensive glass, but they will surrender. And part of that is they're in rotation a lot. You know, they're, they're trapping and rotating, and you're getting some matchups. And with Oregon, with Infali Dante and some of the bigs that they've got, you know, that's, that's a problem. 
All right, so that's your your number one team. That's my number one team as well, especially with Carolina struggling a little bit. Uh, a team that some people had in the top three, five was Kentucky. I had them, I think, preseason number seven, and now have them down in the, the 12, 14 range. They lost a close one at Champions Classic to Michigan State. Uh, and then they, they got hit pretty good in Spokane against Gonzaga. And, you know, I looked at the team and it, in Michigan State, and I was like, all right, like the pieces, even before the season, I didn't rank this high, but I was, the pieces fit. They got shooters with C.J. Frederick now and Antonio Reeves coming over as a transfer. Two really good shooters, multiple point guards, and Kaysen Wallace and Sevier Wheeler, the best big man in the country, in Oscar Shibway. And, you know, Jacob Toppin's gotten better. He's not like all world, but like, a good player has gotten better. My biggest question was shooting, perimeter shooting. Because I just felt like if you're going to play Wheeler, Toppin, and Oscar together, you almost have, have to put the other two shooters. Right. You yep. need the other two shooters both out there. Well, those guys haven't made shots against Michigan State or Gonzaga. And if they, <clears> they don't make shots, Rob, I don't care what Oscar does. They're not winning games without making enough threes. And, and that's where – and obviously, Cal, the other part – I want to talk about is how Cal, I think, got outcoached by Izzo in Champions Classic and then kind of admittedly said, like, we didn't know what we were doing and running. Well, let me let me let me yeah. read the quote because I've yeah. got it right here. Okay. I had to I had to change how we were playing offensively at halftime. I couldn't get Oscar to run the plays right. He hasn't been practicing with us, so I said, go to the baseline. We're gonna play dribble drive around you. This guy's been in your program for three years. Right. Right. There is no way he doesn't know any of the plays. I, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> at all. At all. At all. Right. There's no chance. So why would he say it then? If 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 it's not no true, idea. what do you you all you're doing is throwing your, your big man and best player under the bus, aren't you? And he, he, he had twenty and fifteen. And I didn't think Oscar played great. I, I honestly thought Anton Washington was the player of the game for the way he guarded him. He was phenomenal. And which is funny because 20 and 15 is like better than anyone on this planet usually ever plays in a basketball game. But I, I have no idea why he said it. Kentucky is screwing up things that make zero sense of why they're screwing up. First play of the game, Rusher Bolton, big time shooter, career 37%, 38%, shooting 50% for three on the year. Comes off a ball screen. CJ Frederick goes under. Rusher Bolton, splash. Right. Second play of the game, you've got now Julian Strother coming off a screen, pin down. Jason Wallace, really liked with the player, yeah. goes under, splash. Yeah. What are you this doing? Team that just, they just got embarrassed by Texas. They are a team that has Final Four pedigree. Yeah. And you think they need help by going under on their best two shoes? I mean, right. that's that's the first two plays of the game. That cannot happen. That That is that is inexcusable defensively. And then I look at what they're doing. You know, they're screwing up switches. They're not communicating on defense. You went to the Bahamas. You you played exhibition games. These are not, these are this is not a team with seven freshmen. They have some freshmen. They have a lot of experience. And the, the they mistakes they're freshmen. making. Rob, they have two freshmen. One of which plays a lot. Casey Wallace. The other one, Chris Livingston, is kind of a piece. He played, he played eight minutes. Right. He played eight minutes against Gonzaga. I don't it's inexcusable. the mistakes. Inexcusable. And then offensively, half the time, I'm like, what am I watching? Yeah. I have no – I saw where Cal did say this is all fixable. 
that is true. I think they're making mistakes. They they have talent. They have good pieces. You know, C.J. Frederick is a good shooter. Um, I, I'm blanking on a – Antonio Reeves, I think, is a good shooter. But I don't understand – I agree it's fixable. I don't understand why these things are happening yeah. for a team that has as much talent as Kentucky. But they were they were terrible. They, they really were terrible for a lot of that game. They made a run. And then Oscar got his fourth foul, and it was it was pretty much over from there. Yeah, I mean, it, again, listen, I saw Gonzaga the previous game against Texas, and Texas scored at will whenever they wanted against Gonzaga. I was thinking to myself, man, Kentucky's going to go out there, and they're going to be able to do the same thing because they're more <laughs> athletic, especially in the backcourt. I, I just I felt like Case and Wallace would have a big game, and I felt like <laughs> – Frederick and Reeves, one of which would be able to get off against against Kentucky. Think about this, though. Against Texas, their guards dictated everything. Yeah. I mean, they were imposing their will defensively That's on Gonzaga. True. Gonzaga couldn't get into their offense. They, right. They're pushed out towards half court. It really bothered Nolan Hickman. And I, I we talked about it the day after. How many times do we see Drew Timmy just like short roll? and But they could get him the ball. Right. You know, against Kentucky, they didn't dictate anything. They dictated nothing. And I think Gonzaga's guards are still kind of working through losing them hard from last year and adjusting to new roles and, and pressure. It's going to be hard for, for Nolan Hickman, I think, but I just, I'm pretty surprised at how Kentucky is playing. It's it's extremely disappointing. Extremely well, disappointing. We, we, we've talked about this a little bit in the pod, but, but again, you know, with Cal now going this route of more transfers instead of one and done's, I thought it would help them blend and get these these top-rated kids and also have some experience, and I thought this would help them. The only thing I'll say is Cal has always had more talent than everybody else since he got to Kentucky, right? Like, not obviously not at Memphis consistently. I think he actually did a good job at Memphis um, coaching him up, getting him to play harder. Uh, but at Kentucky, for the most part, since he got there, that first class with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, he's had more talent almost every year than everybody else. And he'll have more talent again next year because he's bringing in a, a top class. This year and last year, I felt like, and even maybe the previous year, he did not have, he, he didn't out-talent teams consistently, the, the top teams. And you just worry that, again, John Calipari with elite talent is pretty damn good, but John Calipari with equal talent against the Tom Izzo's, the Mark Views, some of these really, really good coaches, X's and O's guys, can he win? I mean, but you still have Oscar Sheway. Oscar Sheway is the national player of the year last year. <laughs> so right. to say, I mean, his talent is not that far. Nope. Line. Nope. It's just not like I NBA I, talent. It's not NBA. I, I hear you. You know, Toppin is not an NBA player to me. Oscar might never play, really. He might not make it in the NBA. Um, Wheeler's not an NBA player. Jason Wallace will be a lottery pick to me. He might be yep. their only guy that in five years, Rob, is actually on this team is actually playing minutes in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, and that's funny because Toppin was probably their second best player. I mean, Gonzaga was just giving him the pull-ups and he just kept knocking him down in the second half. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. But I always thought that Cal had done a, a really good job at taking that talent and getting them to play – Together, together, you know, together. and that was 
that I'm not talking about last year. I'm, I'm, it's more so like with the the Anthony Davis team and, and yeah. some of those, you know, the the teams he had until 2015, 2016. Yeah, the Harrison 2017. Twins with yeah, Harrison Booker. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. But I I don't know. I, I just I'm shocked watching Kentucky right now play. I, I really am. Yeah, no, I'm 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 the same way. Uh, I was not shocked. I was in Vegas again for the best four team event by far, by far. I mean Virginia. Uh, Baylor, Illinois, and UCLA. I mean, Il- UCLA went back home 0-2, and and I picked him to win the national title, and I, I'm, I don't feel great about that. Let, 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 me, let me start by asking you this. What happened against Illinois when they're cruising? Yep. They're up nine, and all of a sudden, it's just like the floodgates open, and they start breaking the press in a way that a third-grade AAU team would do it. They had three turnovers in a row. What why? Like, it, was amazing. it was amazing. It was amazing. It just seemed like they got rattled. You know, they got rattled like, like Tiger Campbell and, and, and Jaime Jaquez got rattled and you don't see that, you know, those are two veteran guards. Well, Jaime's not a guard per se, but whatever he is, whatever you want to call him, he's just a basketball player. Um, yep. And I, I just felt like they, they just got rattled and the game flipped quickly. Um, it was almost like they had never seen that type of pressure. By the way, the most entertaining part of the, the entire uh, weekend in, in Vegas might have been listening to Mick Crone and MF, his team, outside the locker room. I think he did it both games. I heard it after the That's second fair. game. You could have heard it, honestly, from Park MGM across the street. That's how <laughs> loud it was. I think he threw something against the wall. I mean, Love that. it, it might have been the that. best one I've ever heard since – Years ago, Mike Davis, when he was at UAB, at Madison Square Garden, I think it was, I, I'm, I'm almost sure he threw a chair against the wall and the chair just ricocheted over, like, every wall in, in that locker room. But Mick was uh, at, a, at a high level of frustration after this. But, you know, to me, again, no surprise that Virginia came out 2-0. I mean, they were the team with the most back, uh, a great coach, the freshman really didn't even do that much. I mean, to be honest, like, you know, uh, Vanderplas, the, the transfer was pretty good, but it was, it he, was he's mostly a, he's returning a good, guys. He's a good piece coming off the bench. Understands his role. He can yep. make shots from the perimeter. He's He's been in the NCAA tournament a couple times at Ohio. That, that's a good what, – what, when you look at Illinois after watching them for two games, certainly a high ceiling. They've got a lot of pieces. What is the most concerning thing for you? Is it the half court offense? Yeah, I mean, if they if they don't go like this right now, especially with Shannon, he was so good in that first game, so dumb. After you know, you you get thirty ten and you know make eight threes. Not everybody can do that. Yes, that that, that yes, we we know. Well, I'll, I'll all right. So the last person to do that in the Big Ten was you. Shout out to Jeff Borzello for for tweeting that out. Love that. <laughs> How many texts did you get after that? I got some. I got some after that. But uh, Saying, like we didn't realize you ever scored thirty. Oh please, please! You can slander <laughs> my vertical jumping ability, but you cannot slander my ability to score in college. I could. Who score. did you? Who was that game against? Ohio State. Wow! Wow! Against, against some bums. Like, did I you mean, do that against wow. Evan Turner? Yeah, I made eight threes in the first half. Terrence Chan took the whole game to do it. I did it the first half. No, I didn't make another please? one. Who, who was yeah. actually guarding you that game? They were in a 1-3-1, one, one, and it really? was just like 
Yeah. And then they went man to man after halftime and David Lighty shut the water off. I had five points. <laughs> I hated playing against Dave. He was, a, he was good. I, I really liked Dave as a guy. He's a great guy. I hated him guarding me. He, he was a problem for me. Yeah. Six, five, probably two fifteen. A little more athletic than you too. A little more athletic. Yes. He had a really good career overseas, but a little higher yeah, he, uh, vertical than you. Um, yes, yes. whatever. So Shannon, here's the deal. He had the career game and then he came back from it and his perimeter, his three point shot wasn't really falling. So I give him credit. He started to go to the basket, but he was loose with the ball. He was loose with the ball. He was making poor decisions and he can't do that, especially right now for Illinois. They can't afford to have an off game from Terrence Shannon right now. They just don't have enough. Like Matthew Meyer was actually pretty good. But yeah. he's not a he's not a good. He, he's just guy. he's been he's yes. been so up and down already yes. this season. And, uh, and they're, you know, like they got good games. Like Epps was really good the second game. He, uh, he so, can really score. He yes. can really put the ball. And he in the did. Back. He, he bailed them out in in a sense, kept them close. And like the first game, sincere Harris was awesome, terrific. So they've got a lot of good pieces. Sky Clark's still up and down. You know, you got a bunch of freshmen, bunch of new guys. So I'm not surprised. I mean, to me, if I'm Illinois and Brad Underwood, I'm happy I went back one and one in a way. Because if you go back two and zero, oh, that team the hype the hype just builds, yeah, and that team thinks they're way better than they are if they go back two and zero, oh. like yep. they do. That's just that that's that's reality of a bunch of young guys, a bunch of guys in new spots. I love Terrence Shannon, but he's probably thinking like, all right, I'm National Player of the Year now. You've got te- you got a good win. And and two good games and, and a teaching moment for Brad Underwood to show these guys, hey, you're still you're you're not shit yet, like you're not shit. Good good you know good event. Where Virginia, to me, I just, are, they, are they are they the top team in the ACC right now? Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I said it before the year. I think they win the they can win the regular season ACC title. I mean, Tony Bennett wins it almost every year anyway, and he's got guys back. Like he has dominated. I mean, if if I showed you, I don't have it with me now, but I used to do it. Tony Bennett's ACC regular season record compared to Kay, Roy, and Beheim, it like blows them all out of the water. Obviously, Kay and wow. and, and Roy are gone now, but it, it's it's ridiculous. And I, I think Virginia had some extra motivation too, with everything that happened with the football team and the tragedy there. Yeah. They were playing for those kids. Um, but man, Reese Beekman defensively, you want to talk about a, a really, really elite defender? 
uh, Reese Beekman, and he made some good plays in the offensive end. They, they don't have a dude. They don't have a guy that's like a go-to guy. But what they have is guys that now know the system. You know, the guy, Jaden Gardner's of the world. Armand Franklin was great the first game. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, he lit it up. They've got a they, bunch well, they, of good they made, Didn't they make eight of 13 threes yeah. the first game against, uh, awesome. against Baylor? Right. I mean, they're on fire. And in the second half, yeah, second half, they were absolutely incredible against Baylor. Um, it's, it's pretty jarring, and it's pretty cool to see a team that, all right, their defensive identity is pack line. Yeah. But their pick-and-roll coverage contradicts that so hard because they're yeah. pack line, but then they're hedging the shit out of ball screens. And, and, and they do it so well. Pretty, no, they're so good at it, and and it's just it, it really is disruptive, especially for a team like Baylor where Scott Drew wants to put the ball in those small guards' hands and let them play pick and roll, and that's that's a big big difference when you're seeing that type of pressure. And they are small. Like, Cryer and Flagler are awesome, but they're tiny. They're tiny, yeah. and they can kind of get eaten up at times, uh, and I, I, that's what Virginia did. Um, you know, again, great event. I think all four teams still have a chance to be final four teams. Like I'm not, I'm not ruling out UCLA at all. I think they got to get more. They got to get another third score. Jalen Clark was good the second game, but they got to get somebody. Bona, the big kid Bona is a beast, but he yep. can't stay out of foul trouble yet. Cannot. Yep. Yep. I, I wanted to ask you about Baylor too, because I haven't seen him a ton. Is, is Loner going to be there Kind of answered the four, and what yeah. happened to the West Virginia kid? He he was he uh, was awful. Yeah, Bridges was well. playing a lot. He did nothing. He really had a tough tough weekend. Loner yeah. Loner had a tough start, and then he came on. He's put on a bunch of weight, so he is really their four as much as anything. You know, the problem is you're limited what you can get. If Bridges isn't giving you anything, and they're not getting anything out of their fives, they got a freshman five who's going to be good, and and Flo Thamba is solid. But you're not. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. You're not getting anything offensively out of those. Is there, is there any chance that Chamuachachua comes back? Or is so he... there is. There is. He's rehabbing. I talked to him. He's hopeful. He's optimistic. I just don't know. You know, again, it's kind of like Justin Moore Villanova in in February. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you're you're just getting thrown into the fire, and with Chamuachachua, at least with Justin Moore, he wasn't a crazy explosive right. athlete. He shoots it, whereas. Sean Machacho was really good because he was his high motor, yep. which is being yes. in shape, and he was a freak athlete. And hopefully he still is. I think him being uh, out of the lineup is huge for them because, you know, while Flo's good, he doesn't bring the same, like, veracity that, that – that, Agreed. They, they, they were a good combination together exactly. because Flo's more yeah. solid and Sean Machacho was making plays athletically where you're like you – know, Right, oh and he God. can run and finish. That's the right. other part. Runs like, the floor, yes. lob thread. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the key, you know, they got to get more out of bridges. Got to. I mean, that was, but I'll tell you what, I, I'll put, you know, and Keontae George was really, really, really not good the second game. He only played one good half of basketball, really. Um, second half, second half of the first game. Correct. He was terrific. Yeah. And Scott Drew wants him to be more aggressive, wants him to be more assertive. You know, he's just not there yet. And, and, and I told him after the game, I said, listen, man, like, don't hang your head. You got to understand the gap now between freshmen and the older guys has never been bigger. These guys are are a year older. Like it's it's going to be hard. Not a lot of freshmen have come out of the gates nearly as strong as as they did a few years ago before the pandemic. So you know, Keontae is special. He is, 
and and I think again, if you if you can get Bridges going, you've got Loner. I think you play some small ball a little bit and play Loner at the five against certain teams. And, and I think if you have Cryer, Flagler, and and Keontae, you, you got a chance. Those are three elite level guards. Come you know January, like it's going to take. Keontae is going to be up and down, but I'll put I'll put those guys with Scott Drew coaching them. Flo is a veteran big, and then the the loner bridges combo. One of them stepping up each game. I'll put them against just about anybody, and they'll be fine. Yep, no, I I agree with that. And and Scott Drew has proven that he is an elite coach, which yeah. I don't think you would have said about him maybe no. seven, eight, yeah, nine years ago. Uh, nobody would have said it about him. Nobody would have said it about him. And 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 yep. now uh, he he absolutely is. Um, all right, I'm going to be out there tomorrow, PK85. Um, we'll close with, with what are you most looking forward to other than seeing me in person oh, yeah, in yeah. Portland? Seeing you, going to the Nike store. Uh, hey, I the last came... time, I didn't tell you, the last time I was in, in Portland and I went to the Nike store, uh, I had a little um, confrontation with uh, one Daniel Dockage. And what was that? Well, Doc, have I have I told you this? I think I've told you. No, this. I've never told so. you this. Story. He went after me on the air a little bit. It was, um, was this when you were doing when you were doing sideline. I was. He was the analyst. He was the analyst. I can't remember who the play by play guy was for that one. I need to find out and talk to him. Get get his. Recollection. We need we need a neutral a neutral yeah. party's. Uh, I think we did. recollection of this. But basically, what happened was uh, Ohio State was playing Stanford. And they were up by like thirty early in the second half, so it was a given they were gonna they were gonna advance and they were gonna play Butler the next game. And Chris Holtman was in his first year at Ohio State, and he had just left Butler the year before. So Doc is just, is talking about how hard it's gonna be for Holtman to play against you know his old players, blah blah blah. Well, I weighed in. I said, well, it shouldn't be that hard. I mean, he left for double the money, and he left the program in a much better spot. So it really shouldn't be that hard for him to play against his old program. He went off on me on the air. Went off on me. You basically, you idiot sideline guy. And I'm like, I can't go back at him. I mean, we're on the air. Like, it's an unwritten rule. You don't do that on the air to. That what? would have been great TV. Great TV had you gone back. And you know him, me. Man. Like, I'm I'm sitting there ready. Like, I want to go at him in the worst way. But I'm like, <laughs> I, you just can't. You can't do that. And he did it. He crossed the line. We were actually good before that. We were good. I've always. um taking care of his son, Andrew, love him. Uh, I was on his radio show a ton over the years when I thought he was more sane. And um, yeah, so that, that, so I saw him next day. We go in. You guys are looking at Nike. No, next day I walk in. First person (laughs) I see in the Nike store, Dan Dockage, literally the first person. I'm like, oh my goodness. What is that? What was said? Like did were words? I said to him, I said, Dan, like, you don't ever do that shit. Like, don't ever do that shit to me or anybody. And uh, he never apologized. And the Nike store, for people that don't know, is small. It's it's like a... It's not that big, right, right. It's, it's, like, it's, a, like, it's like a normal, like, Nike store you'd see in a mall. Maybe a little yeah. bigger than that. An or like an, an outlet store or something but like they, that. But they don't have, like, outlet clothing. They have their their new stuff, I guess. Right. Would be. right. I don't know. Yeah. If you, I might need you to get me in this year. I don't know. I don't, you know. I don't know. We'll see how nice you've been to me this year. Uh, so anyway, so, you know, go through. I said something to him. Literally, as I'm talking to him when I got in and saying, like, you know, that's bullshit, 
He's he walks away from me mid sentence. Just walks away. So this I'm is a like, really good, up. really good camaraderie with this with this uh, announcing crew. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. So then again, I just walked in. I'd never been to the store, so I'm like, all right, it'll be fine. I'll I won't see him again. Literally, so I'm like four more times going up and down the aisles, and he's with his then. I don't know if she was girlfriend, fiance. I, I'm not sure. So he's with her. So the last time we passed each other, he, he says to me, he's like, hey, why don't you come with, to dinner with us tonight? I looked at him. I'm like, are you kidding? Hell no. And then the next game. So we, we did. I don't think I did the next game with him there. But the next spot I went to was Louisville. Because they had some shit going on. Uh, they were playing Purdue at Purdue. At Purdue. Yeah, yeah. It was like the Patino stuff, maybe. David yeah, Padgett. Yeah. David Padgett was the head coach. Who am I doing the game with? Dan Dockage. And think about it. Had you just broken bread with him in Portland when he asked, maybe things would have been smooth. I'm out. glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. I gotta say that. <laughs> I'm very glad. And I, I I can't I can't divulge the phone call that happened between me and Dockage back in January. I'll let you listen to it one day. You guys you guys are a true rivalry, a true media rivalry. True media rivalry, me and Daniel Dockage. Anyway, wow. um, what is the, the the thing you're looking forward to the most, the PK-85? I think seeing a ton of NCAA tournament teams, that's the best part of seeing these MTEs over Thanksgiving is that if you're in Maui, which honestly today is, what's today, Tuesday? Yeah. Today's Tuesday. The matchups in Maui are phenomenal. Yes. But yes. I think – when you look at these events, you're just trying to see as many good teams as possible, and that's exactly what PKI gives you. I mean, some of the best Nike teams that are playing here for Phil Knight's birthday. So I think the game I'm most looking forward to is the late one on Thursday, which is Bama and Michigan State, just because Michigan State's played so well. Um, I think they're they're similar in the fact that they both want to play with extreme pace offensively. Now – a little bit different. Michigan State will run on you, and then if it's not there, they'll pull it out, run their offense. Alabama is playing at one of the fastest tempos in all of college basketball. Um, they shoot a ton of threes. They rebound at the highest level on the offensive glass. I just think you know Nate Oates and Tom Izzo is an intriguing storyline as well. Um, two guys from the state of Michigan um, that, that coached there for a long time. So I, I'm looking forward to that. I, I think that should be a, a terrific way to, to end the first day of PKI. I would say for me, it's the second day, uh, a potential Duke Xavier matchup on the second day. You know, Gonzaga Xavier, Purdue too. Purdue Purdue Gonzaga in the same uh, bracket, and then the other bracket you could get like Carolina Villanova and either Alabama Michigan State uh, against UConn or Oregon. Like even I, I even the losers, eleven even the of the sixteen the teams. Yeah, eleven of the sixteen teams, Rob. You probably you get as many as twelve, I think, tournament teams out of this field. Yep, that's pretty yep. damn good. Pretty damn. No, good. it is. It is, and I think even looking at the PKI bracket right now, the the loser game of UConn, Oregon, and Alabama, Michigan State. Still, Ooh. now Oregon is banged up. We talked about it, but that's that's going to be a good game. Yeah, because well. then then you go in. Think about this, right? Whoever loses, let's say for argument's sake, it's it's an Oregon, Alabama matchup for argument's sake, in the loser's bracket, okay? Mm-hmm. Oregon loses that. They've got to play Portland probably to to not go 0-3, right? 
Like could Hey Port Portland's not like they're good. You know, they're they're like a in the yes. hundreds on Ken Palm. Right. I think they're four they're four and two. Yeah, they they've got some they shoot the three. That's not are like you doing a any walk. Are you doing any Purdue games in this or are you in the other bracket? No, I'm in the other bracket. I got Carolina, Portland, Iowa State, Nova. And then I on the third day, Sunday, I'm still not totally sure who I'm seeing. So they're like switching some stuff up, but really? whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. But I'll I'll be there the first first day. We'll have to figure out uh, when when do you fly home? Monday morning. I don't fly home. I go to Louisville for. Uh, when do you leave? Monday morning. Monday at five a.m. I go to oh. Louisville for Louisville and a hot Maryland Terrapins ball club. So to get you to do a late night pod Sunday is gonna be might be rough. I'm not doing that. I refuse. It's not in my contract to do that. All right. We'll we'll figure out next week when we can uh when we can get together again. There'll be no in person pod. Was that part of your contract? Probably, yeah. Maybe maybe if you're lucky on Saturday we can we can do something. But I don't know. Saturday podcasts apparently aren't good at this company. So they're not. I think we just do a little, you know, maybe social media thing on, on Saturday. Maybe we'll 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 do a quick uh quick thing uh somewhere uh Saturday in Portland. You could take me out for donuts or something. Boy, donuts are big. Donuts are big in Portland. Yeah. What's the what's the place called? I forget. I went there last Vo- year. Voodoo. Voodoo. Last donuts? Time. Voodoo. Right? Yeah, I tried both. There's Voodoo and another one. And I remember trying both of them. And um I don't remember which one. I thought one of them was overrated. Portland has great food. Does it? Great seafood, yes. All right, I got to find a spot. I'll tweet it out. I'll, I'll find a spot on Saturday. Um, all right. All right. Sounds good. All right, we'll see you next week. Good Minute Humble Pod. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. 